skeptical about custom beauty, honestly, y'all, I totally get it. My feed is flooded with customize this and personalize that, all promising, you know, to fix all of our beauty, hair, and skin problems. Truthfully, I was so skeptical when I saw this brand, but I'm a total believer now. When pros says custom, they actually mean it. Their products are no gimmicks, and your formula couldn't exist without you. Each and every bottle of Pro's custom hair care and skin care is made to order and personalized with unique blends of naturally powerful and proven effective ingredients to meet your needs. Their in-depth consultation analyzes over 80 factors for a complete view of your life and beauty goals. And they get personal. Pro's covers everything from your concerns to diet, exercise, and stress levels to uncover what's impacting your hair and skin health. Did you know, for example, that Minneapolis has like weirdly hard water, which apparently was affecting my hair. So like some of the ingredients that they put into my hair care was to like deal with the fact that we have hard water. Wow. I love that. They also asked me things like, you know, because I have had a baby recently, like, am I still breastfeeding? What are my hair goals? And I also really appreciated they asked like, how much effort do you want to put into your hair? Yeah, <laughs> because like I'm at the point, you know, I used to let, yeah, I used to do those, you know, put effort into my appearance, but now it's like, I just want to be able to walk out of the door without feeling self-conscious. Um, I, this is truly such a genuine endorsement. So I've really enjoyed using these products. But don't just take our word for it. In a third-party, double-blind, dermatologist-supervised control clinical trial, this is like the gold standard of all of these trials, Pros proved that personalization works better than off-the-shelf alternatives. Try it for yourself and get your healthiest hair in 30 days or your money back. Pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering our listeners an exclusive trial offer so you can see the difference custom care can make. 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash justbreakup. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash justbreakup for your free consultation and 50% off your one-of-a-kind formulas, pros.com slash justbreakup. Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder. And I'm Sam Blackwell. And today we're going to answer a letter from somebody who is wondering if he's in the wrong relationship or if it's just his avoidant attachment style. But before we begin, we just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that Sierra and I are not licensed mental health practitioners. And we've only, I've only read a book about attachment styles, y'all. Like, like, it's not like I studied this When we started this, this podcast, I didn't know what they were. I just was like, I'm anxious and tense and needy all the time. That's real. <laughs> Sam's like, I have a book for you. <laughs> That's my response to literally everything is I've got a book about yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is all to say we are not professionals. We are not trained in any of this. So please take our advice as you see fit as a supplement to your other stuff. Um, We are only here to offer our humble musings to hopefully shed some understanding and maybe some laughs about the incredibly rewarding but mostly confusing experience that is love. All right. Uh, It's Monday, though. So before we dive into the letter about avoiding attachment styles, we're going to check in quick about a topic. And today's check-in topic is inspired by a letter from Josalie whose pronouns are they, them, who is writing to us from the void. And I'm not going to read the letter. I'm just going to summarize it really quickly. And 
it, the topic is hey girly messages. And if you haven't heard this phrase before, like I hadn't, a hey girly DM is when someone sends you a message regarding information about your partner with the intention of being a good friend or looking out for you or warning you, like maybe they saw your partner cheating or they've committed something abhorrent in their past or something else that's, you know, fun and or damaging. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And uh, the letter writer says that they have received their fair share of unfortunate hey girly messages. Um, But most recently they've received one about their partner um, from his ex who he had dated over five years ago. And it basically said like, you know, there was some incompatible, maybe toxic behavior between the ex and their now partner, you know, like yelling and jealousy and emotional outbursts. Um, And the letter writer brought this message to their partner and their partner uh, and them had a, you know, an emotional conversation about it where, you know, the partner felt a lot of shame and sadness um, and it led to some you know, great and productive, deep conversations, yada, yada. Um, But basically the letter writer was like, I just want to hear your musings on this type of reach out, especially in this day and age of social media, you know, where our exes and acquaintances are so easily accessible. Mm. And, and, you know, just basically touching on the complexity of human relationships and knowing that things are never as simple, you know, they're never as black and white, but like, are we, do we need to heed all hey girly messages? Should we send them? Should we not send them? Um, what do we do if we get one? Um, and are we a bad person if we don't listen to them or, mm-hmm. or, or whatnot? Yeah. So thanks for the check-in topic, Josalie. Sam, some initial thoughts about hey girly messages? Yeah, I think like on the whole, I am in favor <laughs> Of hey girly messages, right? Because I I appreciate the yeah. idea of like people looking out for each other and like sharing yeah, collective knowledge. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> right. And especially if you're like if you're seeing someone's partner acting outside of the bounds of what you would assume their relationship is, right? Like I think that that's great. <laughs> you know, like that that like spirit of camaraderie around like, hey, I saw your partner like macking on somebody else at the bar. Like I think you should know about this. Like cool, <laughs> love that, and. I also want to say like all relationships look different, all, you know, rules of relationships look different and people's experiences of other people are their own as well. So I'm on board with this idea of kind of like sharing our experiences with people saying like, you know, this person wasn't super great to me. So like, look out for that. Right. Like, I think that there's something that can be helpful about that. I think where I have an issue or where things come up is that it's like, we can't assume that everyone's going to have the same experiences or that we know what other people's relationships look like or should be like. Right. So like, I think the idea of like sending a message out into the void and being like, Hey, I saw this or I experienced this, like, is this okay with you is fine. But then, but then the expectation that like somebody does something with that or that it should look the same way that it looks for us. That's where I think we get into like crunchy, crunchy spaces because like, yeah, sure. You might see somebody's partner macking on somebody at the bar and that might be in the agreements of their relationship, right? Like that might be an okay thing to be happening in their relationship. Or, you know, I might have met somebody 10 years ago and had a really bad experience of them. 
and they've been to 10 years of therapy or they're in a relationship where that it's much more healthy for them or whatever it might be that has like helped them to change. And people are entitled to change and to atone and to act differently in their relationships after we have said goodbye to them. Yes. Yeah. I think it's, it's complicated. Um, like all human experiences are, um, I think when it becomes really crunchy, like you said, is when we were in a relationship with someone and they were, you know, abusive or just toxic, you know, if we're going to use that stock, um, word or, you know, it was, we were young and we were both just awful to each other or whatever the circumstances are. It's really difficult for us to leave what was an uh, emotionally scarring relationship and see that person, however many years later, move on and like go, you, you know, go be with somebody else and seemingly treat them much better than us and or treat them well on the surface and we don't know what's going on behind closed doors. Like, I think that can be really triggering for a lot of people in a lot of different circumstances, even if there wasn't, you know, abuse or, or, or whatever we want to call it. Like it can be really hard to see someone move on and reach their potential with somebody else. And it can also be really scary and triggering for folks who have experienced, you know, emotional and or physical violence to see somebody move on and know and feel the weight and responsibility of that person out there in the world with other people. Um, it is really tricky. Um, so I just want to voice like all of it. It's, it's, it's Hey girly messages um, that bizarre label <laughs> for this thing. Um, it can include a lot. Like it can, on, on one side of the spectrum, you're like, ah, fuck that guy. He ghosted me. And now he's just using my friend for her body. I got to say something to her or whatever. And on the other side, it's like that person, you know, ruined my self-esteem, um, made me feel like I, uh, needed to go to therapy to heal from our relationship. He's so toxic or they're so toxic, toxic, and they are going to just put their hurt on other people. And I feel responsible to protect people from that. You know what I mean? It's, it's a, it's, it's again, like so many things that we talk about, it's specific to the, to the people involved and to the history that all being said, Sam is so right that the one of the hardest things about breakups and healing and moving on is really recognizing that your ex can be a different person in a different relationship with a different person or people, you know, Um, that's hard to swallow. In fact, it's impossible to swallow in some circumstances, you know, not just the injustice of it, but the, it doesn't line up. Like the math isn't mathing, you know? Um, But unfortunately it is true. Um, So I am pro Hey Girly messages to an extent. I think that I think that if you feel a deep calling within yourself to to not warn someone, but to give them some knowledge and 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 let them decide what they want to do with it or how they want to approach it, um, 
then I think that you can do that, especially in this world of accessibility. Um, I think that we need to be able to send those messages um, and then wash our hands of it, you know, like put put that information out in the world and not necessarily be the person that the recipient of the message processes that information with. Um, it's probably best if we if we don't have any expectations for the recipient to do anything with that information, sure. too. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you because I think like I think that intent is also important in this, too, where it's like are you sending this message to shame this person for dating an asshole or for, you know, ha being, having a partner who's like cheating on them, right? Are you assume, are you like implicitly saying that like how you expect their relationship to be or what it should or shouldn't be, right? Or are you just offering information that you think would be helpful for them to make their own decision about what their relationship looks like? Cause like, I know that there have been like, there are Harry Gurley messages where it's like, wow, look what your man is up to at the bar. Right. And it's like, again, we don't know what's going on in that relationship. We don't know what the boundaries and edges are of it. So it can, it can come across as like really judgmental. And I've seen like situations like that explode because the person who received the message is like, quit judging my relationship. And the person who sent it is like, well, they're cheating on you. And like, and as the person who's in the relationship, I shouldn't have to explain the parameters of my relationship to you in order for you to not judge it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's just like so many different ways in which these, like there's such a good, it's just like fertile soil for assumptions, misunderstandings. Like there's only one right or best way to be in relationship. And my experience of a person is the only experience that somebody could have of this person that like, it just like, then it gets like really crunchy. So like, I would say that like probably the vast majority, and I'm not going to say the vast majority, I'm going to say like a good percentage of these Hagerly messages are probably helpful to people. And I want to acknowledge the fact that like, there's probably a lot that aren't super helpful to people. So how do we like hold that truth in it as we are giving and receiving <laughs> these Hagerly messages where we're like thinking about the idea of like, this person is their own person. They're in their own relationship. They can take what I say, however they want to. And Conversely, this person is giving me information that may or may not be helpful to me. And I get to decide whether or not that relation or that information is, is going to impact how I move forward with my partnership or with this person that I'm seeing. And we have to be okay with both of those things being true, even if they are in conflict with each other. Yeah. I want to say a couple more things before we move on to the letter too, which one I'm just realizing right now, I just want to say this out loud in case people, you know, out there are maybe feeling riddled with guilt because they had an, a severely abusive ex who's out there dating other people. Um, just again, let's cut that cord a little bit farther. You are not responsible for that person's behavior in the future, right? Like you are not responsible for protecting other people from from your abuser. I know that it can feel really conflicting and really agonizing to move forward after an abusive relationship. And that abuser is like just out there living their best fucking life. Um, but if you feel conflicted and you feel guilty, but you, you know, about like having this secret knowledge of this person and, and they're out there with other people, um, you know, 
just to just to be explicit, like my shittiest, most unhealthy ex, I know that they're out there dating people, but I I don't think I would send a hey girly message because I don't it's not healthy for me to be in the realm of that person. Yep. Do you know what I mean? For sure. <laughs> so this is just, this is permission to not send the hey girly message if you don't want Absolutely. to. Um like you can just have that hard and fast boundary, like, you know, whatever. And uh just a just a riff on what Sam's saying, like I feel like there are exes of mine like all of them that would send a hey girly message. <laughs> and I, I don't think all I'm of also them. such well, like seventy-five percent of them. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> just kidding. The hey girly message is like, hey, is she single? Yeah. Just the hey girly message is like, hey, is I was a toxic asshole to her. Who's manipulative? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no, that's her. Um anyway, uh this is all to say, hey, girly messages are tricky to me because of the fact that people grow and are different. And I don't know. It's complicated for me. I think that's absolutely understandable. Um, so, like, as always on this podcast, the the answer to this question <laughs> yeah, yeah. about should don't or should you advice. not send it is like, <laughs> um, eh, it's complicated. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Which is to say, anyway. do or don't uh, pay attention or don't pay attention. Yeah. It's up to you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I did want to say, um, I did want to say that uh, I liked in the letter writers who prompted this check-in topic that they brought the message to their partner and they used that as an opportunity for deeper conversation. Yeah. You know, um, what is the proof of growth and or accountability, yada, yada. Um, you know, I think... I think that if you were to receive a hey girly message or your partner were to receive one, it's not a damning sentence. It's an opportunity to talk about the imperfection of humanity. Like we've we've all been shitty at times. So true. Right? We've we are all someone's least favorite ex, mm -hmm. right? And um it's it's you don't have to get defensive. You can you can you can be transparent and accountable to the past and just and use it as a diving board into deeper intimacy greater accountability you know we we all we all have the permission to grow and to do better we just have to step up to the plate yep. you know yep absolutely all right should we get into today's letter I would love that. Okay, great. Let's do it. All right. So this letter comes from <laughs> Anonymous Lee, whose pronouns are he, him, who is writing from doubt. Hi, Sam and Sierra. After a tumultuous first year of marriage and a heap of therapy, I can admit that I don't believe I deserve love. It is a frustrating and unhelpful belief. I wish I could just drop it, but I'm still working on not beating myself up for having the belief in the first place. I also want to leave my partner, my wonderful husband. He's loving, caring, supportive, and optimistic. He loves to cook for us and enjoys nature, laughs at all my jokes. By all appearances, he adores me. Subtext, I don't deserve him. He is all these things that I should want, but that hasn't stopped this recurrent wave of doubt that this is not the right relationship for me. We have conflicts, of course. He has a very demanding family that he tries to please all the time, but fails because it's impossible. He has a demanding career with very little flexibility for the next 10-ish years. He gets pulled by these major forces and sometimes acts like he doesn't have a choice in how he responds. 
I feel like I'm an afterthought being dragged along with him. The question isn't, do we want to do this? But I'm going to do this. Are you coming or not? I felt resentful about this dynamic for a long time and didn't express it maturely or responsibly. I would become distant or at times spiteful. Eventually, about a year ago, I started acting out. We opened the relationship. I developed feelings for a casual sex partner, and I told my husband I wanted a divorce. He was devastated. I thought I was ready for the aftermath, but in the weeks after we broke up, I felt mountains of self-loathing as I replayed memories of times he tried to love me and I kept him at a distance. A voice inside me said, you didn't deserve this love in the first place and you threw it away. I reached back out to him and he agreed to start couples counseling with me to try and reconstruct our relationship. The counseling is working in that we can communicate more directly and honestly. We are better friends than we have been for a while. I'm learning to relax and try to enjoy his company more, even when I'm feeling resentful. Despite the progress, there is still this underlying feeling that this isn't the relationship for me. I value his care and affection, but I don't think it adds up to him loving me. When I try to think of a future with him in it, my mind just goes fuzzy and I feel upset and gently disgusted. It's obvious that I have an avoidant attachment style, right? I acknowledge that I can't see my marriage clearly because of the deeply held belief that I don't deserve love. Awareness of this limitation doesn't change the fact that I spend a lot of time thinking about leaving the marriage and then feel bad about myself for having those thoughts. I'm sick of feeling monstrous and cruel for not loving this man who loves me. I'm coveting a fantasy that once I am able to shift my belief to I deserve love, I'll wake up and suddenly find my husband charming and attractive and not at all infuriating. Could it be that I can't accept love and this man just isn't for me? As a poisonous, avoidantly attached villain in the world of relationship advice, it is difficult to extend myself the kindness that I deserve to feel better than this. Any advice would be appreciated. Hmm. All right, my darling, thank you so much for writing and trusting us with this letter. It's obvious that you are struggling to, you know, connect with your intuition or validate yourself and your feelings. Um, And Sam and I are happy to help you on this very sticky, sticky emotional pickle transition. Where am I going with that? We'll just, we'll just keep it. I love it. I love it. Um, Thank you. Um, uh, So we can talk about ways to move forward in this sticky situation. Um, But first we have to take a very brief break. All right, y'all know that Sam and I record every single episode of Just Break Up virtually. So I literally see this beautiful person on Zoom like multiple times a week. And every time Sam pops up into Zoom, I comment on their outfit. And I swear, like 99% of the time, I'm like, oh my God, that outfit is so cute. Where did you get it? Sam says quince. You too can upgrade your wardrobe with luxury essentials at unbeatable prices. Quince is here to transform the way you shop with a range of high quality items priced within reach. That's right. They have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat jewelry. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering 
partnering directly with Top Factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middle person and passes that saving on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Y'all have heard me talk about my leather bag that I use as both a laptop bag and a diaper bag. And I love it because (laughs) (laughs) honestly, it looks really cute in every single circumstance that I use it. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash just break up for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash just break up to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash just break up. All right, head and heart workers, you know, I'm all about tackling our money shame and becoming fiscally empowered, regardless of how much money we make or how much debt we have. I think it's such a crucial step in our own self-acceptance and empowerment. That's why I love that today's episode is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. With Rocket Money, you can see all of your subscriptions in one place. And if you see something you don't want, you can just cancel it with a tap. You never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled unwanted subscriptions. And listen, we always talk to you about like conflict styles and open and honest communications, but honestly, save your energy and get Rocket Money to cancel those subscriptions for you. (laughs) Stop wasting money. You don't need to practice that. Yeah. We don't need to do head and heart work with like customer service representatives. You know what I mean? Like just like... Use the middle person. (laughs) Just get Rocket Money in there to help you do what you need to do. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. That's rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. Rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. All right. Welcome back, everyone. Anonymously, uh... Thank you for writing. And I am so sorry that you're in this place of, of so much doubt. And, um, and I'm really sorry that the narrative of the story that you're telling yourself is that you are incapable of receiving love, that you are a villain in this story, that your husband is beautiful and wonderful and perfect. And you just can't receive his love the way that you should be. Um, that's a hard story to tell yourself, right? That's a, that's a belief about yourself that um, I think would be really challenging to hold in a way that offers that can then offer yourself love and compassion and understanding. And, you know, I can understand uh, why you're feeling a lot of guilt about this, right? You know, you're telling us that this person is like perfect and wonderful and sweet and laughs at all your jokes and cooks for you and all of those different things. And you are behaving in ways that, doesn't feel in alignment with your values, right? You, you know, you're feeling resentful. You are uh, acting out in ways that, you know, are not compatible with your relationship or with who you would like to be. Um, 
And at the same time, you're sitting in this place of being like, and I also don't think that this is the relationship for me. Right. And I think, I think one of the challenges that I have about attachment styles, um, is the ways in which we pathologize them. Right. So the idea that our attachment style somehow makes us a bad person or our attachment style somehow is like something that we can't hold in its appropriate context. So instead of saying like, oh, I should notice some patterns around how I resist or push away love when it's offered to me, right? Something that I struggle with too. Instead, what happens is that we say, my whole life story is that I think I'm not deserving of love. And because of that, I do terrible things to people and I have no ability to trust myself. Right. Cause this idea that somehow like our attachment style is like t- so all encompassing that we can't filter, we can't understand the world through any other filter means that then we can't trust our intuition about what's happening in our relationships. Right. Cause we can't, we can't hold this one aspect of our understanding of the world in the proper context of all of the other understandings of the world that we have. And so instead of being like, Hey, I don't think this is the relationship for me. I've tried a bunch of different things to navigate through some of my, my own stuff around this relationship. And I still don't feel great about it. Right. I still don't feel like it's working for me. Instead, we're just like, I can't trust myself. So what am I supposed to do? I'll just stay in this relationship because like I, it's obviously perfect and I'm the fucked up one. <laughs> and that, that's not a, that's not a place where we can have a perspective that's actually going to serve us or our partners super well, because it does, it doesn't take into account any of the the truth of what's going on. It just reinforces a narrative about the situation over and over again. Right. And I don't know you cause I'm, I, I'm not in your body. I don't know what this relationship is like for you, but I think it's absolutely possible that you can have an avoidant attachment style and also be in a relationship that isn't working for you. Right. Not because of your emotion or your attachment style, but because of a bunch of reasons that you listed about like not feeling seen, not feeling like an active participant in this relationship, feeling like an afterthought, right. Being beholden to this person's career, and, and being expected to just do whatever they want to do, right? Like those are really real reasons to feel unhappy in a relationship. And because of the ways in which we hold our attachment styles as being like endemic to who we are as people, what happens then is that we look at it and we say, oh, this is, this is fine. I'm the fucked up one and I just can't receive love in the right way. Or I'm so fucked up that of course I'm going to like cheat, right? Of course I'm going to act out because where we feel so powerless in that attachment style that we have no other options, but to like behave badly, right. To make our, our feelings known. And, and so part of the work is acknowledging that that is true, that truth about your understanding of yourself, but also finding ways to hold it in the proper context so that we can make decisions outside of it instead of only from within it. Yeah. And I think that sets me up nicely for the, main point that I want to make for a long time in my relationships and in my personal life, I thought that I could only get what I wanted or make my needs known or meet my needs um, by being a villain. Um, Like I thought because I was selfish, there was no way for my needs to be valid because they would always be selfish. Do you know what I mean? And 
And because I had, I don't know, cheated in my past relationships or been selfish or, or taken advantage of someone or whatever, I thought that that was just the way I was going to be mm-hmm. in the same ta- way that we like pathologize our attachment styles. It's easier for us to make sweeping um prognosis, you know, uh-huh. or like uh, sweeping statements about ourselves. I don't deserve love. I am selfish. You know, all of a sudden we can put all of our behavior under that umbrella. And I found that when I was younger, um, the image I had of myself of being selfish and undeserving of love was also at odds with what I had been taught about what type of person I had to be, especially as a, as a young woman at the time, like I thought I had to be subservient. I thought I had to be all caring. I thought I, I couldn't, you know, I had been told subliminally through cultural messages and, or directly through my relationships that asking for what I wanted meant that I was even more selfish. Mm. It meant that I was even more undeserving that like I had all of these conflicting ideas that ultimately led to the, this understanding that to get what I want, I had to act out because I couldn't just say I'm unhappy. I need you to treat me better. Right. I couldn't just say, I feel like you prioritize work over me. That would be too direct. Mm. That would be too demanding and too selfish. And and above all else, I don't deserve it in the first place. I don't deserve your attention. You know, so like For sure. I'm in this letter, I'm interested in the ways in which your narrative about yourself as a bad person has led you to act out or ask for love in a way that you don't necessarily feel aligned with, maybe from somebody that you don't even want to be with. Um And I found that the more I worked on my relationship to myself, the more permission I gave myself to, to have standards, to have needs, to, to, to be imperfect, the more I was able to act from that place of maturity and stability. And then I didn't, I no longer had to act out to get the attention I was so desperately needing, Mm. or I didn't have to act out to get the change I wanted to see in my personal life. I could just do it. Uh, So to you, I want to say you don't need to suffer or act out in order to create change in your life. I often thought that like I needed to, I needed to hate myself in order to get pleasure or, or relief or, or whatever that I needed to, I couldn't, I couldn't be deserving of love and get love at the same time. There was something like conflated there. Um, uh, but you don't need to hate yourself in order to stand up for yourself or get what you want. Um, yeah, I know it's, 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 more convoluted than that too. But I see some behaviors in here that I resonate with. Like um, I see somebody desperately wanting to be loved and wanting to be loved in a way that shakes away all of the doubts, you know, wanting to be loved in a way that leaves no room for this really loud inner dialogue that you have. Um, And while I fully support you, you know, pursuing 
a, the divorce that it sounds like you really want. I also am interested in how can we heal and build a foundation within you and your heart um, that can help you make sustainable decisions moving forward in relationships and sustainable decisions moving forward for you are how am I advocating for myself while also like advocating for my needs to me, but while also working on meeting those needs myself without hating myself. And it's possible. I just want to say that like, you do not have to hate yourself in order to get what you want, or you don't have to swallow your needs completely in order to be loved. Like there's this tension in there that we think is required. And it's just, I'm here to tell you that it's not required, that you can build a stability and a maturity with and a safety within yourself that allows you to 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 feel safe enough to go to your husband and say this relationship is making me unhappy are there ways that we can change it while also knowing that you don't have to you don't have to act out or find someone else to give you the permission to leave or ask for what you want. I know that that was like kind of all over. <laughs> I thought it was great. Does, can you put it into your no. your beautiful Sam words for me? I won't because I think it's wonderful what you said. Um, <sighs> and I think at the end of the day, I want you, Anonymous, to be taking up more space in this relationship and not in a way of taking up space by like throwing yourself against things, right? I want you to be taking up space the, the proper amount of space that you deserve in this relationship and to feel like you are equipped to talk about the idea that like it's not working for you and not working for you, not because you're a terrible person who doesn't who doesn't think that they deserve love, but it's not working for you because of all of the really legitimate reasons that you described about the ways in which you are not being prioritized or seen or understood in this relationship. And I think I, and I think it's okay for you to say it's too late for us to figure something else out, right? Like it's too late. I've been feeling this way for a long time. I haven't said it in the right way, but I don't know that I can come back from these feelings that I have. And again, it's not because you're a terrible person or who is who thinks they're unworthy of love or whatever. It's because this relationship hasn't fulfilled you in the way that you need it to. And are there places where you could learn to look at and see your partner's love differently? Probably. Absolutely. Because we are all on this continuing journey to understand ourselves and other people differently and to figure out how we can move through the world with a better understanding of what makes us tick and what makes other people tick. But that doesn't mean that we just have to, to self-abnegate all the time because we want to sort of create enough space for other people to, to live their lives the way that they want to live them. You are an equal partner in this relationship. And so you should have the ability to, to shape it in partnership in the direction that you would like to. And it sounds like you haven't gotten that. And that's, what's making you act out. Like Sierra said, acting out, probably not the greatest way to handle the situation, right? Like probably not going to be super effective at actually getting you what you need, but also deeply understandable, deeply, deeply understandable why this kind of thing happens. But I think, I think like Sierra said, finding a way to take up the appropriate amount of space in this relationship will help you to not act out in the same way that you have been before, because it's much easier to sit in a relationship and feel seen and ask for what you need when you are feeling seen and asking for what you need, then it is when you are not right. And when you don't feel like you have any other tools besides causing harm, besides 
again, it feels just like throwing yourself against the wall and trying to change it. And I want you to look around at this room and say, like, are these walls working for me? Right. Is this the space that I want to be? Because there is a door. Right. Like and and it's not a door that's forbidden to you because like you want to leave it (laughs) or you want to go through it. It's a door. It's available. And, And I want you to be able to see that again in sort of the proper context of it. It's not a big, scary door. It's not a door that's forbidden to you. It is a door. Do you want to take it? Like, do you, as a person who is worthy of love and who is capable of receiving love, despite the fact that you feel like you aren't, do you want to use that door? I don't know. I really don't. But I think that it's important for you to ask yourself that question without spending so much time villainizing yourself or the door. I don't know where I'm going with this metaphor. I went too far. (laughs) No, it's fine. <laughs> I got you. <sighs> yeah. I feel like um I feel like there are a lot of layers to this. I can't look at this um letter and not think about, you know, well, is this the right relationship for you? Who knows? Uh will the next relationship also trigger your understandings of your of your lovability, your desirability, you know, like what I'm saying is if it's not already apparent who you're loving or who you are loved by won't make you feel more deserving of love until you believe that you deserve it. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, obviously we believe in you. We believe in, your deservedness of love, but we also believe that you are absolutely capable of, um, you know, just being in the wrong relationship. That's okay. That is for you also, just as love is for you. So is personal agency and, you know, personal choice to decide like, this isn't the right love. And, you know, last quick reminder before we sign off, it is perfectly capable to look at a good love and say, this isn't the right love, even though it's a good love. Um, uh, and underneath all of that is always going to be our, our wounds, our attachment styles, our, you know, what we ate that day, (laughs) you know, like how we're just going to be so, um, diversely influenced as we move through our relationships that the best thing that we can do for ourselves is validate ourselves and nurture ourselves in times of romantic conflict. How am I taking care of myself? How am I making space for my, my desires and my opinions? How am I being kind to myself? Um, that will show up in your relationships, I think. Um, anywho, we love you and we are grateful that you wrote us and trusted us with this letter. Absolutely. Thank you so much for writing. We hope this helps. And we love you. All right, everyone. And we love you. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. If you want more content from us or if you would like ad-free episodes, You can always support us on Patreon. If you support us on Patreon for as little as $5 a month, you'll get an additional bonus weekly episode. That's patreon.com slash justbreakuppod. You can slide into our DM, send us your favorite relationship memes, but most importantly, you can submit your questions about all matters of the heart at justbreakuppod.com, which is also where you can find our merchandise. Please remember to like, follow, subscribe, give us a five-star rating and review. This literally keeps our mics on and helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers giving them relationship advice.
Just Break Up is a production of Duvid Media, original music recording, editing, producing all magical things by our good friend Spencer Worth Davis. Make sure to check out his music and podcasts. And remember, it is possible for you to stand up for yourself, to express your needs and your desires and your fears without simultaneously punishing yourself. A lot of us were brought up to believe that our our needs were too much, too loud, too big, um, and that we didn't we didn't learn how to express them without marrying them to some sort of inner conflict or punishment for ourselves. But it is possible. They don't have to go hand in hand. You are deserving of love. You are deserving of somebody who wants to listen to you and affirm you and um, grow and change alongside you. And if all else fails, just break up.